first of all, I wanted to thank you both so much for being here today. And I also wanted to, I don't know, bow down and commend you guys for writing a book. Really, you just need to see the title. You don't even need to read the subtitle because all women of color already know. But for writing a book <laughs> that centers us from the perspective of women of color, black and brown women, and no tiptoeing, no, no ni niceness. When I was reading it, I was like, this takes so much courage. Um, but then I was like, this is so badass. Um, but I wanted to ask you before I dive in, <clears throat> between Race to Dinner, the nonprofit, the New York Times bestselling book, have I mentioned? Um, your upcoming documentary, which I just saw a screener for, so some questions on that coming up. You guys are an anti-racism brand. Um, what's the secret to a working relationship like this? It's almost deeper and closer than a marriage. Yeah, what, what was well, it about? We like each other. We like each other. <laughs> We're funny. We talk shit to each other. I say to Syrah all the time, fuck your feelings and fuck my feelings while we're at it. You know, this is not about anybody's feelings. So we like each other. You know, that's the first person who's, we've done a lot of interviews as of late and you're the first person to ask that. And I appreciate that because that's the, key. I mean, that I would say is the key. And one of the best things, you know, right on the cusp when I went from being a white woman to being a whole ass brown woman. And I was still in this stuck in this. If I stand up to go to the bathroom, people are going to talk about me behind my back. And I said to Regina, I was like, I feel like you're talking shit about me behind my back. And she goes, I don't need your back to talk shit about you. You're talking to your face. <laughs> so that's it. We're honest. There's no, there's no, we have a good, we have an honest relationship. I do want to say one thing that we are not a nonprofit. So very, specifically. Oh, very yeah. Um, is it an organization, right? It's, a, it's set up it's as a it's a company. Yep. Awesome. Because I really don't like the word nonprofit. No, for, uh, I don't know why charity. I thought it was nonprofit. We're not doing charity work. Yeah, they're gonna thank have to you pay us for our work. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Because uh, thank you for correcting me and my apologies for that. I don't know where I saw it was a nonprofit. Uh, I love that you're a for-profit company because um, I mean, women's unpaid labor, especially women of color. I mean, that's a whole other book in, in itself. So um, what I love, uh, as I said that, you know, about the book, similar to my book, which is centers the experience of black women, of women of color. Um, so, Syrah, I, I want to quote you. You say our job isn't this is so awesome. I have to read it. There was a, there's a bunch of T-shirts I want to get made for you with Syrah <laughs> and Regina do. says there's one of them that okay, this is jumping ahead to the documentary question. But when you said you can't fuck your way out of racism. That's right. I love that. That's my favorite. <laughs> it takes so much to crack me up. And I was like out, laughing out loud. Okay, anyway, so I want to quote you. Our job isn't to hold white women accountable. White women are grown-ass adults who need to hold themselves accountable, be in community with other white women who are deeply committed to anti-racism work and will hold each other accountable with love and kindness rather than judgment, competition, fake niceness that define white women's relationships with themselves and each other. Yeah. Bravo. Huh? <laughs> um, but wait, okay. So 
sorry, I'm losing the quote. Okay, we say at every dinner, start loving yourself, start loving each other, start being in sisterhood with each other, personal and community accountability. That's what white women need, not us black, indigenous and brown women babysitting their anti-racism work, which is how it's always been. So how do you manage to be angry and harness the power of your anger while working so actively with white women, do you ever just want to say, oh my gosh, why can't, why don't you, why can't you have the initiative to start this on your own? Like, how do you guys not stay angry or are you angry? Well, personally, you know, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I just don't. That's just me in a nutshell. I don't, you know, I don't care because once you're concerned about what other people think, you can't be who you were intended to be in this world. You can't fulfill your purpose. You can't do your work because you're so concerned about what other people think. I really, I don't care. I think that's really it, Anisha, oh, because, yeah. you know, early days, and, and by the way, just putting this in perspective, how fast and furiously this work has taken off. Like we started this in 2019. Like it's, it has not yeah. been that long, right? So when I say early days, the context is a couple of years ago um, when we started this, I would, I was very different. I was, I was to say I was angry is, is kind of a colossal understatement. And, and mm -hmm. I would get fired up at all these dinners. Regina is like, what you looking at right now? That's what you, that's what you see. Like cool as a cucumber. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a horrible, like just a fiery dinner one night. And the next day I actually had a doctor's appointment and I had high blood pressure for the first time. And I called Regina and she was like, you got, you can't do this. Like you can't do this work if you're going to actually hurt yourself yeah. in the process. And her, you know, her life, you know, talking about not caring about other people thing, that's not the same as not being accountable for your actions, right? This is not like you going and causing harm and not caring. No what, what you do, but being detached from external validation, which, which is one of the foundations of white supremacy culture, white women, their entire worlds revolve around what everyone thinks of them. So if, if, if you don't, if you, how you're the most perfect, how you're the nicest, how you're the prettiest, how your kids are the most successful, all these things. And that's what keeps them going. If you stop caring about that, if you stop caring about the nonsense, you could actually start living your values. And that's the, you know, when people do say this a lot, you're courageous, you're courageous to both Regina and I, I don't even see it. Like it, this is not nope. for us. Yeah. Nope. It, it's really not because it was for me until mm -hmm. I let go. And now that we have seen it all, I mean, we have really seen it all that now it's just like every single dinner is like a version of the same musical, the white woman musical. There's crying, there's angry, there's not me. You don't understand. I used to be poor, you know, all the, my, my child. I dated a black guy, all of it. Uh, you know, so now it's kind of like, okay, so she said this. So, you know, it's, it's very, um, they're formulaic. White yes. women are formulaic. And so all we've done is just is we've broken the we've we've given them a new script. By the way, I do want to say yeah. this. I got a text this morning. So it's been like a you know, a shower of love, which I've been shocked that yeah. we've gotten this level. <laughs> but now that now it's coming in. So a friend of mine texted me this morning and she said, Two of my girlfriends called me first thing this morning about your book. Here are the quotes. The message is good, but the shaming is not productive. Quote, I'm paralyzed and afraid to do anything. Quote, I always try to do the right thing, 
And then quote, she delights in making us uncomfortable to which my friend said, I said, trust me, she doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. And to my white audience members, I don't think there are that many, but you know, there, there's a separate room for your crying as Cyrus says, right? You have to get up yeah. from, <laughs> that's one of yeah. your dinner party rules. Um, on that that's note, that's our only rule. That's your only, only rule. Yes. Rule. Yes. Yep. You do say that. Um, so the book was an instant New York times bestseller. What does that say? I know, I think I know what it says, but are white people willing to listen? Are they, or are women of color? Like, let me buy this for the Beckys and Karens in my life. <laughs> what do you think that says? I think it's a little of both. Certainly black women. What I love is girlfriend got on there and she said, now, you know, this is serious. If I come on here in my bonnet, <laughs> she said, she said, this is scathing. She said, they are not playing. She said, but it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> yeah, it's all true. So I think we've got that black and brown women women of color, indigenous women, feeling affirmed, acknowledged, yes. and thankful. Thank and then we have white women. You know, I, I keep saying this, but probably three weeks ago, it finally hit me. And I'm a pretty intuitive person that white women are ready to do the work. Really? We are, yeah. I mean, honestly, we are, we are shocked. I mean, it really has been, people have come humbly with humility i mean really like this has been hard and oh my god this is me this is yeah. i mean the posts that are pop popping up on linkedin and instagram and facebook people saying this is me Th this one white woman on tiktok and i'm not even people are sharing the tiktoks this one white woman said uh she looks into the camera and she goes white women this is not comfortable this i'm in this book you're in this book we're in this book and she opens it and she goes it's not fun it's not yeah. fun. Read the book. Read the book. Wow. And that's the, what Regina says is they're ready. I mean, and if you are in this year of 2022, Seriously. where we have open fascism, proud Nazism, we have, yeah. you know, our Homeland Security whipping Haitian refugees. We don't even know what's happening at the border. It, there's yeah. a, a brownout and a blackout at the yep. border. We don't even oh, know yeah, what's happening totally. at the border. Women, oh Roe versus Wade has been over fucking turned. <laughs> over fucking turned, which we always said. Yeah. Feelings yep. are hurt about being called out for being a racist, which you are. Then yeah. you, there is no salvation for you. There's yeah. really, then you need Seriously. to go, take a seat, go, go to the corner and just keep your shit to yourself. Keep buying your shit on Lululemon. Keep buying your green juice and leave everyone the fuck alone. I love when you say, oh, we're here to talk about kale juice and cleanses. Just kidding. We're here to talk about dismantling <laughs> white supremacy. I was like, what happened to Syrah? Um, yes. Well, bravo to all of that. And yeah, you, you know, you're right. But I feel like I lost... I don't know. I felt like during the pandemic, right when the George Floyd murder happened, I was like, this is it. This is this moment that we've been wait waiting for. And then all of a sudden it was just like another trend. All so I kind of lost. All performative. That is what white women are all about. Looking good, per performing what they need to perform in the minute and then moving on. To moving the next on. Thing. Always. And Yep. And see, because they don't have to be in the game. We do. Yeah. But see, they don't know that they need to be in the game because it's 
their white sons who are shooting up schools and their white children who are being murdered in their schools. If you don't get in the game for that, there's no hope. Oh my goodness. This is like, I feel like I should pay you guys for this interview. Um, thank you. Yes, exactly. But what do we do about this? Okay. 53% of white women voted for Trump. They're still doing it. We just saw it in the midterms. They are always choosing race over gender. Um, will they ever stop? And why would they want to change a social order that puts them as the number two most powerful? Well, Pretty soon, none of us are going to have an option. We're killing the earth for profit. And just so you know, these billionaires are building bunkers out in the desert because they think when the earth dies, somehow they'll be alive in their bunker. So people need to know that that is reality. And the earth is saying, you know what? Y'all are killing me. If you don't get concerned about that and your own children dying by white dudes murdering them, in their schools. And I'm going to tell you, this young generation, the ones that came out and voted, yes. that really saved the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. their whole life has been active shooter drills. Yeah. These young people have said, we've had fucking enough. Yeah. And, and yes. there's a critical piece here, though. 53% was in 2016. In 2020, the number went up to 55. 56, you know, yeah. so they're in mass more. So, uh, you know, here's the thing is they white people. And we say this throughout the book, Anushe is your lives depend on it too. Your lives yes. depend on it too. Yes. If you, what Regina just said is spot on. If you don't see how white supremacy is killing you when your children are dying. And as a white woman, let's just, as a white woman, you no longer have reproductive freedom. Right. You it, here's a very sinister conclusion. You don't care about yourself. You don't care about your children and you don't care about humanity. And what has happened is white supremacy, capitalism, colonialism, imperialism, patriarchy has robbed you of your soul. Yes. So honest to God, this is not funny. We can laugh about it all day long. And by the way, Regina and I do laugh about it all day long. These bitches sincerely right now in the wake of multiple mass shootings roe versus wade being overturned the nazi back running for for president again are actively planning their pumpkin pies and their turkeys oh, and yes. are crazy busy over their christmas cards and i made the unfor i do this because i think it's very important to stay on top of things so i watch fox news and i watch nbc and i watch cnn they're all the same by the way yeah, but i was at the I'm gym awesome. this pat me on the back and I was watching the Today Show, and this is why representation will not save us. This is why DEI won't save us. There was a brown Muslim woman, a black woman, and a black man all on TV, and the Chiron said the United States of Thanksgiving, and they all were showing their favorite uh, string bean recipe. No. So like, okay, so now we have brown muslim woman black woman and a and a black man celebrating genocide in the united states of thanksgiving this is what representation does without decolonization this is what representation does without wow. anti-whiteness work it's just gone sideways it has gone sideways. oh my gosh and also all the all the people of color who are willing you know 
willing to be that person to share that string bean uh, recipe because that's how they got on on the air. That's how they got that contract. Uh, table. You want a seat at the table. The problem is oh. the table fucking sucks. We want <laughs> a new table. We want a new house. We want a new building. We want a new society. Yes. We have to think bigger. We have to have a bigger imagination. I Can love you imagine that. what it would have been like if one of those people who said, you know, I'm not doing a string bean recipe. They would have you know, this is the time for me to be with my family, but I'm yeah. not celebrating this holiday. Or during it, during it, Regina, yep. I thought about yep. what if you're on air no and you're way. like, I'm going to take this moment to talk about how Thanksgiving is about the whites, like indigenous genocide and then erasure of indigenous people and rewriting of a white savior story with the side of turkey and pie. No one's going to do it. No, no one's going to do it. And you know what? If they did, they would be replaced like in a second, right? In two seconds. Yep. In two seconds. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's it's really important. I was so happy to be on uh, Comedy Hype yesterday so because funny. it is a black show. It yeah. is created, produced by black people. So, you know, we don't have to tiptoe around. Not that I would, but it's <laughs> like, it was hilarious too. Oh hilarious. my God. But I have to, I have to see that. I'll send it to you. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, you know that you can be real. You don't have to talk about, I don't know, Becky's yeah. favorite recipe. Um, <laughs> so you both have said that chapter seven, oh, I wish I had had this book when I would, I worked in, I mean, the, probably the most toxic feminism place you could. And I had no idea, you know, we didn't have the language or the words back then, but you both say chapter seven microaggressions and how you kill us at work is your favorite. And man, do I love this chapter? And did I feel so seen? Um, tell me more about what it was like writing this chapter and why you decided to include it. Because I mean, it's so important, but how did you guys decide? Yes, we must have a chapter on this. We, we've all been there. You know, I came out of corporate America. I worked in corporate America for almost 28 years. <clears throat> so we've all been there. We've all seen the white women trying to destroy us, you know, not seeing our passion for the work or our excellence in the work or anything, never mentoring us, you know, just trying to bring us down. So why not include it? And it's the reality. And the way that this works in, in corporations and academia, et cetera, is we're the problems, the yes, individual. Always. Right? So we're angry, we're divisive. There's that chart of woman of color enters organization and how she <laughs> says something and then she leaves, right? So yeah. we very purposefully were like, this book will be written off as crazy ass Syra and Regina. So no, <laughs> we're actually going to make a point of proving it's systemic. So we interviewed black women. We interviewed indigenous women. We interviewed Latina women and Asian women, different parts of the country, different professions. The East Asian doctor in Portland, Oregon, has the same experience as the black woman city council person in Georgia. It's yep. the same. It's the yeah. same. So different race, different ethnicity, different job, same different story. city, same white bullshit. And also, I have to say on the side, um, it is written so well. You guys are such, I'm sure you know this, you know, New York Times bestseller, did I mention? Um, but written so well. Because you know, applaud the really good writing because that's important too, folks. Please don't go out there with a message and, you know, delivery is very important. 
Um, yep. So your documentary, thank you for the screening, is dropping Thanksgiving. And um, just like the book, it's courageous and bold and in your face. And by the way, you cannot fuck your way out of feminism. <laughs> you can be on a t-shirt. Um, why was it important to make a documentary alongside a book? Well, it's really interesting because when we started, we had no, you know, no plans to make a documentary. And the uh, director actually contacted Syra because she had been following Syra mm -hmm. on her first big Facebook white woman, uh, Patty Ivans with Patty Ivan Speck with P, B and J Productions. And she said, um, you know, I, I've been following. I love your work. I would like to do a documentary. And we looked at each other and said, yeah, right. <laughs> and before we knew it. She was in Denver with a film crew. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, Anushe, this is how we know we're onto something, obviously, at this point, right? But people, lots of haters along the way, lots of yes. gaslighters, lots of ghosters, including our family and our friends, you I know? Can imagine. Um, but all we've done, let's just take a step back. A few years ago, three years ago, a random black woman and a random brown woman in random Denver, Colorado, decide to have dinners with white women in our neighborhood. We used to live a mile apart. I just moved back to Virginia. So I live in Richmond. I don't live too far from you on a shape. Yes. Um, but we lived a mile away from each other and we would have dinners with white women in their in their dining rooms. Why then? Is there a New York Times bestselling book and a documentary that has made a massive splash just in Canada and it's about to blow up globally? Why do you think that is? I can tell you it's because if our if our theory is right, that if white women stop caping for whiteness and join our intersectional gender, you know, intersectional feminist movement, yeah. it's over. It is over all of the the nightmare is over and people are afraid oh yeah people are, like the people in power are afraid but the people who get this which is everyone on this screen and a ton of white women and a ton of other black and brown women know their power i again on we're getting text messages i went to my meet i read your book and i've gone to my meeting and i'm at a different meeting today with my hr that mm -hmm. i would have had otherwise they didn't even know what to do what wow. if that happens in mass? Yeah. It's over. The it's rain of terror yeah. is over. Yeah. Yes. And that's what we believe we're creating. We are creating a revolution of women around the world who are saying enough. Yes. We've had enough. It's We've had enough. That's it. Yeah. And by the way, this book is one piece of it. This movie is one piece of it. This is not the beginning. These are this, this is the beginning. Yes. You know, we've got we do dinners. Um, we have a white woman who do, works just with white women in um uh race to community forum. We now have started working with black and brown women who want to actually start dinners in their own cities. We are just wanting to spread the word and have people start doing this work. All oh wow. So this is just the start. And we know we now have proof that people are ready. Yeah, you've hit you've hit a nerve. It's not a brand. It's a movement. It's a movement. Um, so I, I love that so much. So as a mom of two little girls and as, of course, a raging um, feminist, um, there's so many things I wish I had been told, you know, what do you wish somebody had told you, you know, way back when when you were a little girl? going out in the world as a woman of color? Um, wow, that's a hard one. Uh, you know, I remember I was just thinking of this 
I, I'm old enough to remember Whoopi Goldberg when she got started. And she used to do this skit where she would put her towel on her head so she'd look like she, she could swing it around, you know, like right <laughs> there. I wish that, you know, my parents always told us my mother was my mother was an original gangster right off the west side of Chicago. And she always told us that we could do anything we wanted. You know, and I believe that. And I think believing that allowed me to really excel and thrive, but not without all the bullshit, you know, that, that, you know, you are going to have obstacles that you have no control over and you can't beat yourself up about that. Yes. Literally, um, Regina was just about to say the same thing. I mean, it's, 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 it can be anything you want. You can, you can do anything you want with the, I I would even, so I'll say it's what I, how I parent my children. I have a daughter and a son who are 12 and 14 or 14 and 12 respectively. And I can already see how it's what I'm doing. You fuck up everything anyway, Mm -hmm. but I tell them the truth all the time. I tell them the truth all the time. You are up, my daughter's up against, you know, she has more privilege than black girls. That's it. Like that's that, you know, my son has more privilege than her because he has male privilege. Everybody needs to know where they sit in the ecosystem and be aware of it, be aware of it. So you can't really be anything you want, because if you want to be president, Lila, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not it hasn't like it it hasn't happened. (laughs) So so be honest. And so it's coming with the way it's playing out with my two kids is very interesting. And I'm just carefully watching one of them is in it is in the fight and he's 12. And, you know, like she, it's, I love that dog. He's a boy, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's different, but I think that, um, white supremacy, it's the American dream is the white American lie. Yes. And, um, you know, I wish that I hadn't been fed it. It caused me to hate myself. Uh, it caused me to try, it caused me to put on a Laura Ashley dress and join a white sorority at UVA. Yeah. With the pearls that infected your ears. Totally. All of it. Just so bad. Um, But so like the lies, I wish that I hadn't been lied to, but now we can change that and we are, I am changing it. So that's the good news. Well, that is a great, great place to end this interview. You guys, congratulations on your instant New York times, bestselling book. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your work. Thank you. Thank you. you. Have a good one, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.